Welcome back to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast. I'm your host, Yvonne. Today's show, Let's Break the Silence, is brought to you by You Are Dynamic, LLC, the personal development company that believes in and cares about you. So thank you for tuning in. The purpose of my podcast is to help you notice the pattern of negative choices you continue to make because they're sabotaging your life and allowing toxic people a place in your life. You'll hear stories from the Yvonne Vault and Yvonne-isms, and I'm also famous for playing the angel's advocate by asking those thought-provoking questions just to get you thinking seriously about your life so you can make adjustments along the way, just like I do. Well, today I'm interviewing a Shiro, a Shiro, instead of a hero, named Angeline Constantinou, who, like me, is a domestic violence survivor who went from victim to victor. The pivotal moment in Angeline's life came when she made the courageous decision to leave her abusive husband using mindset, a strong desire to survive, and she was strategic. Now, Angeline has her own community where she shares how she relinquished her limiting beliefs and how she shed the lies she had internalized for years. She also helps women navigate the transition from overwhelming confusion to confidence and readiness to pursue their true calling. Of course, Angeline has her own podcast titled Let's Break the Silence, of which I will also put the link in the show notes. Hey, did you know that trauma from abuse affects your brain? And did you know that partnering with partnering with God is key to your healing journey? Well, stay tuned. So, Angeline, this topic that we're discussing today domestic violence, or some people call it domestic abuse, is something that you and I both have in common. We are the victims once, but we're the victors forever. So thank you for being a part of the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Relationship Podcast and for being on with me today. And it is a pleasure, and I am honored to be on your podcast today, and it's so great to meet you. So I'm super excited. Yes, I believe that nothing happens by coincidence. That's a firm belief of mine. And even though we've both been through domestic violence, domestic abuse, which one rings truer to you, domestic violence or domestic abuse? I would say domestic abuse. Okay. Yeah, domestic abuse. Okay. So I had done a series, I think it was last year, on domestic violence slash abuse. And I had four ladies that I interviewed. So it was for the month of October because that's the awareness month. Right. And I asked that same question for a reason. Some of them were more comfortable with violence because they said it was so violent that the word abuse was not strong enough. Okay. 
Okay, I understand. Right. I can just imagine because I know that you know women come to me when they share their stories. They're really violent. I mean, mine was physical abuse and verbal, mm-hmm. but it did become violent. It was. It did become you know very violent to the point where I had to leave my home many yes. times, and I was the one who had to leave. And that's okay. A lot of women hang on. They go leaving my house. I put so much into it, but they're not focused on something that you focus on, which is mindset. Exactly. Exactly. Mindset is everything. And it takes work because I know for myself, I was beaten down to the ground emotionally and physically. And I had no choice except to pick myself back up again. I know that I remember, and I've shared this story many times on other podcasts, but in December of 1999, I worked in my ex's business, which was advertising direct mail. And people, a lot of people like on the outside thought that we were the Hollywood couple. We worked in New York City. We were making six-figure income. And people thought that we were the quote Hollywood couple. We would go to restaurants. We would go to the opera. You name it. But Mm -hmm. He put on a facade on the outside. And I remember, and this is not, this is not easy for me to share, but I'm going to share it anyways. Okay. So, because this was grueling. So in December of 1999, this was, I was home and this was at night at around between 10 and 10 30 PM. I was lying down, I was flat on my back with my robe on and I was crying. Mm-hmm. And I was devastated because he was just like cursing at me. He was saying bad things about me, admonishing me, and really, really put me down to the point where I said, I am going to get up and I'm just going to walk into the other room because we had a four bedroom house. I'm just going to go into the other room and sleep there for the night because I just didn't want to hear it. And it was, it. I mean, I was crying. So I did not make it into the other room. He took me behind the neck. I heard him walk and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. And he grabbed me by the neck and he threw me against the wall near the bathroom and I fell backwards. Mm. He picked you up by the neck and threw you. Yeah. And I landed flat on my back. I was bleeding. Nose, everything was bleeding. And I thought, and I was just looking up and I'm saying, dear God, please save me. Because I thought I was going to die. Now I was really crying. I was a mess. I mean, there was blood on the carpet. I was a mess, a wreck. My face was a wreck and a broken nose. I'm grateful that it was just a broken nose and not brain damage. Mm -hmm. Right. So ironically, he took me, which is, this is not unusual. So ironically, he took me to the emergency room. He took you to the emergency room. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Right. Covering it up, you know, just... Because he had to walk me, he had to carry me down the stairs. So what did they say when he took you into the emergency? What was his excuse? I probably shouldn't say that. It's okay. No, I, he said that, that I fell down the stairs. (laughs) Now, I don't mean to laugh at you, but isn't that so common? Mm -hmm. Oh, she fell down the stairs. And you know what? And I, and I remember, yeah, that they, they probably didn't believe him, but I know that this side of one thing I was in the, I just didn't really know what was happening. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I was on IV all night. Oh, wow. I was on IV all night. And finally, you know, they bandaged me up and it was, I mean, I was 
looked horrible. So the, the surgeon came out and he said, you're going to need reconstructive nose surgery. So I went home. You went I home. Okay. Let's step back a little bit. And I am a visual person. So let's just step back a little bit. What preceded this? Was there an argument? Did he just decide he'd had enough for some unknown reason? What preceded this? It was an argument. Okay. I don't exactly recall what the argument was about, mm -hmm. but it was probably something about business. It was business and he was just basically putting me down, attacking me. And, you know, basically he was just, it was just not a good situation. And you guys have been married for how long? We were married for 23 years. And do you recall, because I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture here for those listeners who maybe just got into an abusive situation or they've been in it for a little bit. Had you guys dated long before you got married? About a okay. year and a half. And in hindsight now, did you, did you see any of the red flags? Did you even know about domestic violence or abuse? Nope. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Nope. Want anything about it? Nope. Yeah. So I grew up watching it and then I married into it. So I had some experience, unfortunately, with yeah, that. Right. So you didn't have experience with it. You didn't really, and at the time it happened to me, I hadn't realized what domestic abuse was or is. I thought it was normal, you know, normal behavior. Right. So you didn't know what it was. You guys got married, but now when you look back, can you see any red flags that occurred while you were dating or just prior to marriage? I did see red flags shortly after the marriage meeting okay. that um, he, you know, like he didn't really get along with his, with his cousins. I mean, he did, but he didn't. Mm -hmm. And he actually didn't go to a wedding that he was supposed to go to. Actually, we were both supposed to go to a wedding, but we never ended up going to the wedding, to his first cousin's wedding. So it was a lot of tit for tat and a lot of, you know, he would put people down. He would mm -hmm. put his own family down. You know, he always wanted to get the attention. So, you know, like in, um, in that type of marriage, he wanted to have control. And yeah, control of finances, um, manipulation. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like when we would go out, he would put on a facade when we would go out and yeah. he would be complimenting me and all this. And then behind closed doors, forget it. it was, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. So out in, it, public, out in public. And I remember right. what he told me that I think he told me either before the marriage or after the marriage, shortly after that, his when he was a child, I mean, he grew up in a Greek family like I did. I remember, I will never forget what he told me. He said his mom threw something at him in the bedroom. Yeah, threw a book at him or something. And he probably remembered that as a child because he was doing something wrong, you know, um, and she threw a book at him. I think that's what started it, you know, just because he and his mom had like, his mom died of cancer. She died of cancer before we got married. Mm -hmm. And I even went to the memorial service. I, you know, I was there for him and, um, you know, to support him and everything. So I went, I went above and beyond to be a good wife and everything, but it just wasn't enough. 
you know, he would put me down. He would say, you're too fat. And even though I was not fat, you know, he would put me down and he would just always like, you know, body shaming. Was he overweight? No, a little bit, but not much. No. So he had in his mind what a woman should look like, be like, act like. Is that okay? You're shaking your head. Yes. I don't recall. No, no. You know, we don't, we don't prepare. And Mm. in some cases for marriage, I should say. And in some cases, the preparation is done. Say you went to counseling, you know, before premarital counseling. Right. And he or she, because abusers can be male or female, but he or she may have presented like we were just talking about in a certain way in front of the counselor but then that changes and that changes I found because that isn't the real person right so if we move forward you said he picked you up by the neck and threw you and then you had to have reconstructive surgery for your nose correct okay And even though the physical part of you healed, Mm. how would you say it it was so detrimental to you emotionally, mentally, spiritually even? It was. I was devastated. It was, you know, to walk around with a bandage for five Mm -hmm. days, even after the surgery. I was like, Mm -hmm. I I looked in the mirror. I'm like, this is not the same person. And I just felt, I felt pained. Yes. Yeah, I felt a lot of emotional pain and he didn't care. I mean, he actually didn't really care about that, you know. What made um, you feel that he didn't care? What were his actions? Or was it just something inside of you that knew? I There was something inside of me that knew because he would always say, I care about you. I'm so sorry. Like he, he was apologizing for what he did. I mean, I, you know, did accept it because I didn't know any better. I was naive. So, you know, I was in the healing process. And then I decided a few years later that I would go out and work in corporate America to make a name for myself. Because so I were, didn't you, were you at home at that point as a yeah. housewife? Okay, so you weren't out in corporate America and no. he liked it that way or he I did he like it that way. Okay. But I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't want that. I wanted to go out there and expand my horizons, utilize my skills. And he didn't, I just did it. I just decided that I was going to do it. And because he decided, yeah. You didn't have a conversation with him prior to? He did. Oh no, we had a conversation. Um, How did that go? That's, you know what? That's a good question. Um, It was okay. He finally resigned. He resigned to the fact that I was going to go out and work, but mm-hmm. he, he became jealous and resentful because, you know, like I would go to parties, I would go to, you know, social networking events. And I wanted to go by myself because I just felt more comfortable going out by myself and making an identity for myself because that was, the, that was like, the root issue. And I told him that, I told him that, that, you know, I don't, you know, like when I was with him, I didn't feel like I had my identity. Like he would control the conversation because I, I was fearful. I didn't want to leave right away. Okay. So I kind of, so, because, you know, the woman is afraid this is normal. This is, this happens in, and I'm sure it happened with you. We always want 
it we always want the marriage to work out oh maybe it'll just straighten out and work out by itself no it didn't happen as and as time went on it got worse did and the physical I, part get worse or the mental and emotional mental, abuse? Mental part okay and that's how that's why you're focused today on the mental acuity and strength Exactly. The mindset. Tell me about that. Yes. Yeah, so the mindset work is where, you know, I had self-limiting beliefs because I didn't believe in myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were a lot of things heaped, a lot heaped of, a work lot of work. and to the point where emotionally I was just a wreck, but I was able to pick myself back up and this is how I did it. it I think it was in 2010. I decided to file for divorce. And I know that that's 10 years later, but um, like I said, you know, I thought that we were going to work things out, but then, you know, in 2008, we lost money in the stock market. Over a hundred thousand dollars of our savings was gone. I would say about 200 K was gone. So that put a real emotional strain on the marriage too. So mm-hmm. finally I just woke up one morning. I just said, I'm just going to file for divorce because I was talking to my, I'm close to, my first cousin and you know what she said to me she says you deserve better mm-hmm. because i was mm-hmm. crying talking about the phone because this is not working out this is not working out she was very influential and then that's the time i got involved in the online space meeting it was just facebook at the time i started to make connections because actually that's what my therapist recommended she said go on facebook and start making connections with people and this is in 2010 so i started my account and I started, you know, I would work, I would go to the library, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't be home. So I was making connections and I was using my phone. So I was using, you know, my cell phone to make connections. And then I got involved in a health and wellness company that changed my life. And this is during my divorce. And so you filed, I, you went ahead and filed. Right, right. Okay. And I, I wrote my attorney a check for $5,000 to start the proceedings. And Did you you didn't tell your husband you had filed? Um, I had a limited order of protection, so I did tell him at a coffee shop uh-huh. that I was going to do it. Now, would you advise that for women to? Because I I know that when you make your escape plan, you can't just escape. No, so you can't. You can't. You have to, and this is where I thought mindset was so important. What I thought was you had to build build your mindset, build your, empower yourself before right. you even moved forward That's with exactly. filing for divorce. That's what I was doing. I was okay. building myself, my mindset back up again. And how were you doing that? So you were starting your account on Facebook and what are some other things you would do to strengthen that mindset? I would journal every single morning and I still do it to this day and when I joined the health and wellness company and I actually had a coach who worked with me during was my it a, was it a domestic violence coach someone who understood about domestic violence or she understood but she never went through it actually I worked with my therapist she didn't go through domestic violence but she had worked with other women who were going through domestic violence so this was it was a really good match for me you know she said go out you know, develop outlets for yourself. She said during it, because a divorce is nasty. We had no children. I really had to build the muscle. My so this was daily. You daily. were working every, every single day. I would go out and I would go to a coffee shop in downtown Rhinebeck and I would start journaling. I would be writing 
and then I would, you know, go to the library. And then while I was online, I am spontaneous. So I was, I looked up Saratoga Springs, New York. You ready for this? And there was something going on up here for the weekend. I just booked the hotel room and I left. This was not easy. So I worked with my attorney. I said, how am I going to do this now? You know, cause we're going to be in court. Mm -hmm. So when we were in court, you know, she said, just be careful. So I didn't tell him where I was going. She said she's going to spend the weekend with friends. Okay. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, he didn't have to know where I was going, you know, were you separated at that point? Not separated, but we had a limited order of protection. So I could still stay in the house. I just moved upstairs. We had a two floor. And Um, that worked out for you? Yes and no. But, um, I was. Well, actually, I was living like a gypsy, so I was staying at friends' houses. Okay. I would stay in hotels. Yeah, it, I mean, this is what I did. I lived like a gypsy mm-hmm. because I, and I actually was trying to look for an apartment, but the money wasn't there. You know, I just did, I, and I was basically almost, you know, broke. And and when you say broke, I that that just flashed across my mind. You were broken in more ways than one at that right, point. Right, right. Broken more emotionally. Yeah. Just like, you know how it is you just feel lost and overwhelmed and you cry, you know, you go through all these emotions. I mean, I went through a lot of emotions. And then, you know, as time went on, I was able, you know, I got myself in the right circle with people. I mm-hmm. started to you know, surround myself with people who were on a higher level. And this was the health and wellness company that I was with. So I had to be careful. I had, you know, I had to be careful. I was Mm -hmm. because he didn't know he was paying me alimony. So he didn't know where I was going. Like I would just leave the house and just go to a friend's house and just sleep over. Or I would go to, you know, like a hotel or motel. And there was a hotel down by the river on the Hudson River. So the owner let me stay for free for like three nights. And I, he didn't have to do that. I was like, and he was a client too. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, no, I understand what you're going through, Angeline. So don't worry about it. You know, money is just, forget it. So I, you know, I would, um, so I stayed for three nights. That was and a blessing. Was, yeah. Which Even that short time away was a blessing. Oh, sure. Sure. The short time away was a huge blessing. So I started to travel up here and I stayed, you know, in a motel for the weekend and I was exploring Saratoga Springs. So this is what I fell in love. So I made a one-year plan that I was going to move here. And I was in fear at that point or had you grown more, would you say? Well, Well, that's a good question. At that point, I came out of that fear mode. I felt myself growing as an independent. Yeah. And that's just a liberating feeling. It's so liberating. This is when I started to get close to God too. I had support. Now this is, this is like not, this is unusual, but I had support of the New York state police. Oh. And the Dutchess County Sheriff's office, because I told them exactly where I was going, but they weren't going to tell him, obviously. And if they, he asked mm-hmm. them, they wouldn't reveal the information. I remember there was one time where I had to call the police one time and the New York state trooper actually put the suitcase in the car for me. I remember they kept us both separated and I was just like, I was besides myself. I said, I was the one who had to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so- okay. And that's okay. And you know what I said? And, you know, some women, like some of my women friends would say, 
Why do you always have to leave? A breath of fresh air when I left. And you were you were standing up for Angeline at that point. You because you know the abuser he takes or whoever the abuser is male female they take and they take and they belittle and they make you feel like you're lower than an ant. And I know people say nobody can make you feel a certain way. I can't agree with that. I don't agree with that either. Living under those conditions and those circumstances, I was in fear initially until something on the inside stood up and said, no more. No, but it didn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It didn't happen. That's what you did. You built yourself. Okay. Okay. I had to build myself back up emotionally. I also had to be careful because I know like with the abuser, they want to know where you are at all times. I changed my phone number. I changed my cell phone number. So he wouldn't track calls anymore because he was tracking my calls, my dials. And over half of them were business calls anyways, when I was working for, you know, but he was just, just arrogant and just, he was just so. And that's what it's about. Abuse is about power and control. In a nutshell, those two words, they want to exert their power and control over you because they feel that they have a right to. You are, I want to call us as we belong to them. That's how their mindset is. You're my property. You have, right. in this case, you have my last name, you know, so it's, it's really about what I want. I don't care what you want. And you said something else, your relationship with God started to grow. Mm-hmm. And as it started to grow, what started happening for you? Well, as it started to grow, I started to feel better about myself because I would read Bible quotes. Like when I was by myself, I I would actually, you know, read the Bible or I would go online and search for Bible quotes Mm -hmm. that resonated with me. I wasn't going to church at the time. I just, I didn't, because I'm Greek Orthodox and they, it's a whole different belief system. It's a whole different belief system. Absolutely. You stay with him no matter what. Right. You stay true true to yourself. You stay true to your identity. I'm Christian, you know, even though, I mean, uh, I'm a Christian, but I'm a high spirited woman, high mm-hmm. spirit. I'm very high spirited and I believe in God and the Holy spirit. And I feel that God has a plan for us. And even though I went through my transition, there were times when I said, you know, why is God putting me through this? But the answer is God puts you through the storms. And when God puts you through the storms, he's leading you to a new path. He allowed it. So even though it's in some cases our choice to marry whoever the person is or be in a relationship, whoever the person is, it's our choice. And even though we walk into a situation and we can't see everything, God can see everything. So he knew what you were going through, but he also knew that he was going to walk with you through it. Exactly. And that's exactly what he did. How could you tell? Like, he was right there. Yeah, he was right there, even in court. And court is not fun. And here we had no children. So you could imagine couples going through divorce with children. But I knew that God was with me. I knew 
that, you know, God was leading me on the right path because I was making a name for myself and mm-hmm. I wanted to be independent because I knew like I would go out by myself. I remember when I was still living in Rhinebeck, New York, there's a place called the Beekman Arms Inn and I went and had dinner by myself one night. And I said, wow, this is nice. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then this, one of my girlfriends called me and she said, you know what, dining alone can be very tranquil, tranquil. And I said, boy, you were right about that. (laughs) I started to make friends. I mean, I was just by myself and the waiters were nice. Like everyone was nice to me. I mean, I was just, you know, very, very active. And that's when I really started to build myself back up. And I knew that I could live on my own. I knew that at that point I could live on my own. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because I know that there are women who struggle with that. Um, you know, and, um, I want to, and, you know, I am more, I am making an impact on women's lives because they see what I've accomplished and you can come out on the other side. You too can break the silence against domestic violence. Thanks again for being a regular listener to the healthy, wealthy, and wise relationship podcast. I'm inviting you to tune back in daily. Go through the content list, get educated about the everyday life issues I just love to discuss. I want to give a shout out to all of my listeners, and it appears people are are listening all over the globe. I found that most of my listeners are on Apple, but you can also listen on Google Podcasts, Podvine, There's so many different ways you can listen. Just type in healthy, wealthy, and wise relationships in the search engine, and it will show you all of the different outlets that you can listen on. Remember to subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast so we can get the word out and you're notified when a new episode is posted and awesome information is passed on. You can also go back and listen to other healthy, wealthy, and wise relationship episodes on the WordPress blog. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you're thinking. I want to hear what I could do better. I want to hear what I'm doing great at. Just email me at YvonneTheAuthor at gmail.com. I will put that in the show notes. And until we meet again, I want you to always remember that you are dynamic. Why? Because despite everything you've been through, you're still here.